The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret recurring subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com slash bonus and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. All right, what's up, all you fan whores, man whores, and sluts alike? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. And uh, I am joined by a wonderful co-host for this intro, uh, V-Club educator Jamie Ansley. 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 Thank you. Um, It's great Kansas type of name. Jamie Ansley from Topeka, Kansas. Hi. Uh, let me teach you about your vagina. Your Aww, vagina. My vagina. <laughs> Aww, I miss Louie. Oh, we miss him too. He's got to go away for a little. He'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back one day. Uh, but thank you for joining me. We just recorded a wonderful bonus episode. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, you had good. I'm warmed up now. You're warmed up? Oh, well, now she's warmed up. Good, good. <laughs> well, uh, I want to tell you all a little bit more about that bonus episode and we'll uh, learn some more about you in a bit. But first, show dates, people. Show dates. New York City, November 8th. I'm going to be at the Brooklyn House of Comedy at 8 o'clock p.m. I think that's a free show. And then I'm going to be in Mishawaka, Indiana, which is allegedly the name of a place, on September 18th at Smokestack Brew, 8 p.m. show. I am certain that one is a freebie. So come on out. How often am I in Indiana? Like, never. Uh, so you should come out to shows. Uh, I've also been on some podcasts recently. Uh, chime in if you've heard of any of these podcasts. I'm gonna I'm gonna list list off. Uh, I was recently on an episode of Dude Talks to a Lady. Oh, which is uh hosted by this uh, great comic Janet Hyde. She uh she talks to male comedians about a joke of theirs about women. Uh huh. Ooh, I gotta I gotta subscribe to that. that yeah, sounds really interesting. Uh, I was also recently on Tinder Tales again. Yes, are you I know familiar? That one? Oh, you know Tinder Tales? Yeah, I know Dave. You know David Piccolomini, mm -hmm. our favorite uh, little dude with uh, our favorite little guy with that big dick privilege. Uh, that was the title of his episode when he was on this podcast, uh, Big Dick Privilege. Uh, <laughs> so I was on there for a second time. Go check that out. And then I was also on uh, yesterday, Keith and the Girl. Actually, one of the co-hosts of Keith and the Girl is on the podcast today, Chemda. And I cannot wait to share her with you all in a bit. But first, I want to share you with my, my wonderful listeners. Uh, Jamie is an <laughs> educator over at the V Club. Mm -hmm. Would you would you care in a, sure. to give the elevator pitch of the V Club? Sure. The V Club is brand new in New York City, and we're located in Chelsea, Manhattan. Um, we have a beautiful studio where we teach master classes for women of all ages. Um, we teach about sexual health, wellness, relationships. Mm. We teach practical techniques. Um, and lots one of, of come our, hither motions. Lots of come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That's one way to find the G spot, right? Is there another way? <sighs> <laughs> well, it's more about timing. It's, it's less about, you know, uh, f ways to find it, but it's about timing because it only comes out to say hello when once every nine years. Yeah, every once every, every fortnight, <laughs> oh, the G spot peaks out. <laughs> Everybody's get get to know that G spot. 
It does exist. It does exist. I think everyone who listens knows it exists, and even uh, and I think we all know that whole come hither motion. But I, it's news to me that there was another method to hitting it. Well. Take our class, ladies come first. You mm. can take it, Billy. We'll invite okay. you. Um, but well, it's it's a matter of, of angles. Oh. If women are familiar with how to angle their bodies so that the penis hits the G spot directly, um, and that's that's pretty key. Where my pe- wait, where my penis doesn't have to have a natural curve on it. You don't have to have a gonzo penis. If you do, wow. go to the hospital. But um, no, if you have a reasonably straight penis. As long as you can figure out ways to angle your body, you could use a bolster, you could take our class and learn 13 different positions. To 13! To. 13! 13 so for probably many. a very affordable price. Uh, <laughs> and y'all are also now offering classes online, so you don't have to even be in New York City. Exactly. You, you could be anywhere, could be anywhere and take these classes. The so that is fantastic. Yeah. And also the V Club was very nice to host uh, our little kickoff soiree for Manhorcon this year. Yeah, we were so happy to host you guys. It was so cool. I loved the energy. I loved the folks who came out. Um, it was like, yay, we get to help kick off this amazing weekend. Yeah, and it was an amazing weekend, I think, in part because we got to have that nice, low-key social meet-and-greet mixer uh, mm. over at your venue, which Always was fantastic. Always a good idea to have that like warm-up period. Yeah. Right? Uh, whether it's sex or a weekend of, you know, sex positive activities and sex, you know, whatever. It, you gotta have the foreplay. Come on. Yeah. And it, yeah. and, and the V club was wonderful foreplay. So thank you so much for, uh, for hosting us. Absolutely. And, uh, thanks for doing the bonus episode before. Talked a bit about your, uh, your history with getting into sex education and your history as a psychoanalyst and also as a clown. Yes. Which I did clown. not know. <laughs> Until just now. I promise I wasn't a scary clown. <laughs> <laughs> Is there such a thing? Yes. What, um, what, what did you and Courtney think of like uh, us man whore con folk? Oh, we loved you guys. We really did. Because like um, for me, like I'm there, like I'm running the thing and then they're all just mm-hmm. enjoying hanging out with each other. But y'all two, uh, you and one of the co-founders, you know, we're just kind of hanging out and observing it kind of. Mm, yeah. Well, I know that Courtney and I afterwards we talked about how wonderful and refreshing it was to have a group of people who were very open about sex and sexuality and, you know, willing to have this conversation because that's what we want to do at the V Club. We want to provide a space where people can feel comfortable talking about this, but you obviously do that with Manhor podcast and your whole thing right so uh, we love that we love that about you and it was just it was really nice because so it's so strange in new york city you would expect that most everybody would be pretty open Mm -hmm. and you know confident in their sexual pursuits but it's really not true there's still a taboo even in new york city and people have a lot to learn and it's i I love it when I get to meet women who are brave enough to come in and say, hey, I, you know, I really do want to learn more. And, you know, I didn't get the education that I wanted to. And I'm like, who did, you know, Mm. who really did? Unless you seek it out in this special way, you know, you don't really get that education about Mm. your own body and how it works in sex and your partner's body. So it's really exciting. I love my job. 
which uh, which clown class taught you how to uh, know your body? <laughs> oh God, I wish you didn't know that I was a clown. But uh, no, yeah, it was fine. a huge mistake to let me yeah, know. Yeah, huge, huge. Really mistake. want to stay in the cl- look. Everyone, be out about who you are <laughs> on the inside, but stay in that fucking closet about what face paint you used to put on. Yeah. Oh, I didn't wear face paint. That's too scary because I worked in hospital settings. So who wants to see a white face, you know, up close and personal when they're uh-huh. in their hospital bed and they can't move? So I have Would strong wear, opinions just, about that. Did you just wear like a red nose? Was that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Big it shoes. Was, it was an, like an urban clown kind of a look. An urban clown look. Yeah. Just like red converse and had a, a cool costume. You're going to have you to know. show me a picture later. That's, I will. Okay. I will. <laughs> well, uh, well, let's get to some emails I've gotten recently. I haven't read emails on the podcast in a while. Um, the first one actually comes from the co-founder of the V Club, Courtney Kleeman. Uh, Courtney actually came to my live podcast at ManwhoreCon uh, that, that y'all heard last week. And she, uh, she just shot me off a random email saying, Billy, I loved the live taping of the show. The energy, raw emotion, and openness that you show yourself and bring out in others are so freeing and empowering I am a huge fan and been telling everyone about your podcast. Uh, well, that is a fun, really nice, lofty way to say uh, thanks for embarrassing yourself in front of a full crowd with your exes on stage. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, Courtney told me in person that she just loved what what you do and the energy, like she said in her email. But she, I think she and I both really love your vulnerability. I think that is super attractive and speaks to... Every human, we need to be more vulnerable. Yeah, and here I just thought it was the blue eyes. I don't know. Uh, I just thought I was being shameless because that's all I really know how to do. (laughs) They're like, yeah, you could have talent and comedy chops or I could just overshare professionally. That seems easier. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I got another email uh, from a different Courtney uh, titled August 8th podcast, uh, which was with Nicole. We all remember Nicole. Courtney uh, Courtney writes, not sure if you were joking about your vegan comment on today's podcast or not. And I do not remember what I, everybody, I don't remember what I say on this show. If you, you're going to have to reference specifically what I said, because as soon as the thing goes live, like it leaves my head. I am just like, I've got to go into a notebook just to find out what I maybe said about vegans. Mm. But she said, there's a ton of great info out there, but I recommend the documentary Forks Over Knives on Netflix. Have you seen this? Heard I haven't this? seen that one. No. Me neither. Do you I, watch documentaries? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I love documentaries. I just haven't seen that one. I used to be a vegan. You used to be a vegan? I, yeah. And then you saw the meat, the light? I you saw, saw the, the light. light shining down on the meat and was like, <laughs> I should eat that? Well, I probably wasn't doing it, quote unquote, right, because I lost so much weight. I was like, Twi- I, was, I was a twig basically mm. and I got ill um, there's it's, nothing wrong with being a vegan I think it's great it's just I don't think it's for every single person in the world I think everybody's different you mm-hmm. gotta find your thing find your thing and if ve- being a vegan's your thing maybe you're wrong it's okay uh, <laughs> uh, she says it's only an hour and a half and so informative and eye opening I was uh, I was left thinking Ignorance truly is bliss afterward. Let me know what you think. Courtney, um, I will put it on my list, but I think as we all know with Netflix lists, who knows if I'm going to get to that. Such a rabbit hole. It's just, you know, you make you put a lot of things on the list and that's like as if you watched it. That's 
Sometimes the closest I get to watching a movie is I put it on my Netflix queue. Mm -hmm. Is there anything on your Netflix queue that you're just like, oh, like it's been there for fucking ever (laughs) and you can't bring yourself to take the 90 minutes to watch it? Oh, God. I I can hardly even choose a movie, um, let alone put something in my queue. And yeah, it's sad. I... I can't even have like the attention span to dive into a movie because most movies are not good enough. <laughs> oh, and then I just, I'm a hundred minutes later. I'm like, oh, my time just got wasted. Yeah. So I have to be like, am I really willing to gamble that this is going to be worth my time? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that like me talking about vegans was going to cause such a stir. But like, then I was getting tweets. One came from uh, at Anon Freely, who I think after we read these, and I'm, I'm hoping you will be able to assist me in this reading as, as a trained actress yourself. Of course. Um, bit of a bro, he reads. He reads like a bro, which is weird to hear from a vegan because uh, I do not picture them fist pumping because, uh, you know, that takes so much energy. Okay. So I'm g- I would like you to read me and I will read him. So I'm reading the parts in the small box and then you'll read the part outside. So I go first, then you. Okay. Okay. Cool. So uh, I get this dude just randomly tweets me like, hey, Billy, why are you hating on vegans, bruh? It's so fun and still socially acceptable. It is. No, You're still allowed to make fun of them. I don't know for how much longer, but I can still make fun of vegans. Uh, so he replied, you're a comedian, so I'll let it slide. But if you slip up after we take over, though, I'm going to peg you without consent. Love the show, by the way. Just not the vegan hate and keep that dick clean. You wouldn't have the energy to rape me. Dude threatened to rape me for making vegan jokes. What the fuck? Damn. That's a little... It's just, you know... um, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Vegan and rape. They just don't go together. I think that's my first rape threat. Wow. Papa guy's first rape threat. How do you feel about that? So uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't think he realized... That's what he did. Yeah. I I think he actually replied back to that. And then he was like, you underestimate vegan stamina. Oh, what the (laughs) fuck? Bitches be running from the only meat I'm willing to serve up. Better not leave the house without a chastity plug. Really emphasizing, bruh, I'm going to rape you if you keep making fun of vegans. So uncomfortable. Yes. Being a woman in the world, how how do y'all do it every day? I don't know. Um, so that was, you know, things I got. And, uh, Jamie, thank you so much for co-hosting our intro. Thank you. It's super fun. You definitely added to it. It's very, it's very nice of you because otherwise just me by myself, which some people can get bored of. Um, one more time, where can people go if they're interested in the V club? Maybe want to take a class. They want to follow it on social media. Where do they go? Yeah, go to our website. It's www.thevclub.com. And that's V as in whatever you want it to be. Vagina. Could be vagina. Could be vulnerable. Could be victory. You know, there's The victory lots club? Of, yeah, there's lots of options. Mm-hmm. But um, the V club. Yeah. Fantastic. And now for this week's guest, Hemda. Hemda from Keith and the Girl. She is uh, the other half of Keith and the Girl a couple years ago. Had on Keith Malley, her co-host. We had a really uh, great, vulnerable conversation that I really enjoyed. Um, I really hope you do, too. This one's like one of those ones where we get real, we get honest, and we share some giggles uh, in between. Let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Chemda from Keith. Yes, I do every time. I have to emphasize the Um 
hemmed up from Keith and the girl. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, and and now we're now we're recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See now, see with you in the uh, the the producer booth in a way, I can't do any of that sly like oh just some right. conversation. And I I slowly hit the record button, and five minutes later, like oh, are we recording? And it's like yeah, we were recording the whole time. Can't do it. Uh, I just have to jump straight in and say like hey, I'm uh, here right now with Chemda. Hello. From the Keith and the Girl podcast, which I'm sure many of you listen to. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we I had I had your partner Keith mm-hmm. on what, like a, a couple years ago. I think we talked about like horse fucking. That's great. It's not the most intimate conversation I've had. It usually devolves into something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I wanted to have you on as well because um, I've known you a long time, and I just I, it, it was interesting because when you asked me earlier. Like, hey, what did you want to talk about? I was like, I've actually not had like one-on-one conversations with you terribly much that weren't on like with no, a big No, I think we've had some good conversation via text. Yeah. Some informative conversation. I think we've had great conversation on my show. You were one of the best call. You might have been the best call out that I've ever received from like someone who I perceive as a friend and it made me more receptive to listen do you remember when I did uh, I think it was called Bombs Up? Yeah. With you and Henny? And, yeah. Uh one I told that story with the trans woman. Yeah. And you just I you, <laughs> you both of you stopped me in my tracks and then <laughs> reoriented my entire view <laughs> of like Craigslist gender modifiers. <laughs> I'm like Oh, you're so right. No wonder queer sex positive audiences like don't enjoy this story. Um, mm. No wonder this story kills like in a Midwest, you know, crowd of people who don't get it. Mm. Um, so, And I, I always found that very uh, both compassionate, but like firm. And I, I wish more call outs were like that. That's cool. I feel like um, I've learned how to call out, but mm. I also sometimes do it, do it very aggressively. And I've, I've been practicing more compassion with it because it's like you said, okay, so the trans thing, I've been immersed in it. So I have to... Is that what you call dating a trans man is like uh, being immersed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know what happens is whoever you're dating, you learn so much about their topics. So our one of our major topics was that he was trans. So it's like all of a sudden you have this crash course in trans stuff. And even though the, the world is having that crash course, you're having a way more intimate, way more thorough crash course. So you got to have to keep that in mind when someone says something that's, you know let's call it fucked up, you you kind of have to go, wait, I have so much information mm. because I've been immersed in this because it's part of my life. It's part of my day to day that I've studied it without realizing it. So this person saying an ignorant statement would have been me if I didn't, you know, really get involved in this as much as I was sort of, for lack of a better word, forced to. Yeah. Like we, we don't all get to date trans people. Some of us just get one very quiet blowjob in a pub, you know, <laughs> subway stairwell by one and exchange zero words. So, yeah. But then, and then we, you know, we put them in this other category. Here's a trans person. Now we got to learn about this human mm-hmm. can be inhumane. So I don't know. It's, it's like a, a weird level of sensitivity that has to have compassion for ignorance and, and and I don't mean ignorance in a bad way. Of course, ignorant. Nobody wants to be ignorant. I don't ignorance think. is simply just not knowing. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't bad to not know a thing. It's like but you can have bad ignorance. I think. Yeah. You know where it's just you're blocking it out. Several people have told you you refuse to adjust. You don't even want to know about it. You know, like a, a lot of you know 
past generations have that's what are these new words? Well, they're just, it's the same thing that's happening. We finally found a way to express it in shorthand. Let's get to know it. It's like me with demisexuals. Yeah. <laughs> what is demisexual? Oh, allow me to educate <laughs> you. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, demis I are- always learn a new word around you. <laughs> demis are on, okay, apparently they're on the ace the asexual spectrum, which I don't believe as a spectrum because like asexuality is like just the end point of, uh, in, in my view, like sexual desire or libido or whatever. Uh, so it's like, it's just the, it makes sense. It's the absence of sexual attraction. So you're saying there can only be one absence. There can't be levels of absence. Is that, I don't think so. I think, cause I think it's a thing like it is or is not. And then the rest of it is just like, you might be very, 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 very not sexually into whatever, like attracted to people, but then sometimes you are, well then great. You're sexually attracted to people just very rarely. Um, demisexuals experience sexual attraction only when they have an emotional attachment first, which before, which my art's what demisexual is. Yeah. Yeah. Everything before 1960. Like that's just, that's just what people were. That's just how people operate. A lot of people operated. And I I don't think that's how they operated. I think they were faking the funk, but I think there's others who did. And I, I think it's like if, if, Casual sex wasn't as um, prominent or accepted as it is today. I don't think the phrase demisexual would even be necessary. But also, I have learned, more importantly, to not give a shit. (laughs) So it's like, fine, call yourself what you want. There we go. Right. I think people are just trying to clarify. What's funny is everybody wants you to be in a box. Like, what are you? Are you are you gay? Are you straight yeah. or whatever? And then once we find words to something, they're like, why do we have to call it a word? But you keep asking me what I am. So I'm trying to find the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I tried to ask you, like, what, how do you identify? And you were like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I think it's it's actually a very sensitive subject for me right now in terms of like, how could one not know? That mm. makes me feel a little bit awkward, but also mm. makes me feel like, oh, that that's the thing that I maybe have to explore a little bit. So um, I've, I thought I was I, bisexual in my early 20s because mm. I was very open to experiences, but the, the queer experiences that I had, like if I would make out with a woman or maybe sleep with her or whatever, I always felt like, ah, this doesn't really match. I'm not really, you know, it, it always, it felt queer mm-hmm. and not gay, lesbian, queer. It queer felt like odd. Like odd, yeah. yeah. And and then I thought, you know, uh, and then I started dating my husband. This was nine years ago. And and at the time. Nine years ago? Nine years wow. ago. And, yeah. and back then, like. Uh, there was he, no trans. Right. He Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he. He did the thing. He never identified as a lesbian, Mm -hmm. but didn't make a big deal out of it. He just always expressed that he felt uncomfortable being called a lesbian. He didn't feel like he fit in with lesbians, but he was female presenting, sleeping with women and dating women. And I I met him like right before he really started, at least in in what I saw morphing is like presentation Still had the long hair and, and and all that stuff before he got all jacked, got a mohawk. See, for me, he was always jacked, which I really liked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like jack jacked, but um, I I very much like the physical, sure. uh, whatever that that he was in. Um, so but when we first started sleeping with each other, man, okay, so the first time we slept with each Ooh. other, I was blown away. Uh-huh. I was like, what's this? This was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Like 
it was as if he was reading my mind, like everything melted. I, I like gasped over like, whoa, like what's happening? He knows yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I thought I was being subtle, but then he called me out. <laughs> like when we got a little more comfortable, he's like, yeah, when you, when, um, I don't remember what the things were, but it was like, when I flipped you over or something like that, you gasped like, oh, all right, cool. I love that gasp. Oh, when you do something it. that they don't, uh, like a, like someone doesn't expect. So like if I, yeah, like flipping a chick over, like without saying turn over, but you just and that's physically exactly what take I wanted. and turn them over. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like things with us would happen where I'd be like, oh, you know what I want now? Let's say I want to be flipped over. And as if he was reading my mind, Mm-hmm. Right when I finished that sentence in my head, I was flipped over. So this was very confusing to me because, um, you know, he was assigned female at birth. So these are the parts that I thought I wasn't really interested in. And and we were having a great time physically, emotionally, like all this stuff was going so well. But I felt that I needed to warn him like, hey, look, you know, I'm not really into chicks. Like normally I get like fired up about women maybe. And then I feel like, Maybe it wasn't my feeling. Like, I don't know. I've been attracted to women and and then it just kind of fizzles out. So I didn't mm. really understand it. So I just thought I would prepare him. Like, look, usually this this fizz, this usually doesn't even get to this point. Mm. I usually don't even like it. So this might have to end. I don't know. I don't know what's happening, you know? Mm. And and to be honest, a lot of um, queer people are used to it, especially in the female community from what I understand, you know, because females are, are more... Um, apt to try it on, you know? Mm. So a lot of lesbians get the bi-curious people and then they get fucked on it, which is bad. And some don't even, and and which leads some from the stories I'm told that Mm. won't even date bi girls because they don't believe that they're actually bi. Right. Which sucks. But also you got to understand that like they're kind of being messed with a lot. Like, Mm. oh, you, you know, I'm just bi. And it's like, really, you just got heartbroken by a guy. You know, you feel safer with a woman. You know, I didn't want... To project that, he understood that because, you know, he's been in the lesbian community. So, you know, he's probably the one who taught me that, you know. It's preventative action that, you know, lesbians takes in the way that, like, I won't date, uh, like, women under 25. Sure. Because I'm just like, all of them don't work out. (laughs) Sure. You know, like, we all have some kind of rule and I Mm. I get it. But we just kind of kept going. We, We sort of agreed that, hey, you know, we're having fun now. So whatever. And then this is very shortly in, um, and again, this was this was before Caitlyn Jenner came out. This was um, when trans people were like chicks with dicks and like street walkers and the worst kind. It was Maury Povich or whatever bullshit would have like, guess who the real woman is? You know, so it was very trans was very freak, you know, very like underground, gross, you know. The movement had yet to be done. Yeah. And so... Um, this, I, I didn't even know what transgender was. So one day, this is like maybe a couple months, maybe into our relationship, into our messing around. We just had sex. So we're like, you know, mm-hmm. in the throes. And I say, you know, I need to say something. You don't feel like a woman to me. You don't feel like a woman. You don't fuck like a woman. I don't feel like I'm with a woman and then he starts crying and I'm like, oh my God, that's right. Cause I just, I just say shit. Cause I'm so used to, you know, saying taboo stuff. That could have gone. A absolutely, different absolutely. Absolutely. And then, so he starts crying and I'm like, I'm so sorry. That was so insensitive. I'm just, you know, it's such a vulnerable position. We just finished having sex and I'm telling you who you are and what you feel like. And, 
and then, and what your body is kind of, you know what I mean? And he goes, no, I'm crying because you see me. And he, even he didn't understand what that was. And so what happened was he went to a mutual friend of ours and, and expressed this, like, this is what happened. I connect with this, but I don't know why, you know, and she happened to go to Sarah Lawrence. <laughs> so she uh, had a lot of gender oh, study yeah. classes. Yeah. It's like, I have a whole syllabus <laughs> just right, on this. That's right. That's right. It, that's so funny that you said, because <laughs> she handed him a book and she's like, you are describing a transgender man. Here is a book called uh, Becoming a Visible Man. Mm. And he started reading that and identified with like every, he was highlighting things for me, you know, just yeah. like, wow, this is me, this is me, this is me, you know. And then all of a sudden, and then he came out on Keith and the Girl, um, which was scary because- Exclusive. It, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh. Mm. Once you know stuff, you just start like your whole thing starts shifting. So you can't cover it up anymore. Your closet starts opening, mm -hmm. you know? So you have to get out of this next closet. He came out on the show. All of a sudden, what's really weird is the collective unconscious started becoming conscious. A lot of people started coming out. What happened when he came out, he was one of the few ones that were coming out. We were public figures and we were openly talking about stuff that people weren't talking about. So BuzzFeed did a thing about us called I'm a guy mm. that came out, started getting like hundreds of thousands and then millions of views. It's I had last time I checked, it was over 4 million. And, uh, and he, and I was like, yes, okay. Now we don't have to explain to people, by the way, this is what's happening. You know, now it's out there. Now people know, now people know how to address us. But what I didn't really fully notice is I was relieved and he got sick. This, you know, I forget that this is as much as it's about me because we deal with a lot of things together because we are together. This is him coming out of another closet. And he was like sick that whole day. You know, we just, as the soon shoot. as- as soon as, no, as soon as it came out yeah. and we saw like every time we refreshed another thousand people watched it, he went to the bathroom and shit a brick, <laughs> you oh, know, God. like physically he was in the bathroom like for the whole day because all of a sudden this is happening all at once. The thing that you were hiding about for your entire life, now you're a young adult and you have to deal with what's going to be people's response to me all at once. You know, you can't can no longer decide when you're coming out or who you're coming out to. It's now going to come at you. So I can't really speak to his experience other than I know it was way more intense than me. Mm. And um, that that was a very hard thing to go through and to continue to go through. Did you have to like uh, totally like start researching, reading, like learning about trans and trans issues? I mean, well, I was I was the thing is, is. I was in a trans relationship, but I'm not trans. So I think that my um, my side of it would more compare to people who are with trans people. So he was, I was just getting all the information mm. because now that this closet was open, information was coming in, he was researching, so I would get it all the time. So you're just getting everything second, like just, it was naturally coming through. You didn't feel yeah. like you had to go look stuff up because, you know, he was coming through and be like, ah, I, I, I'm learning stuff and I'm going to tell you what I learned. Yeah, today. he naturally told me what we did end up doing was going to something at the LGBT center. It happened to be at the same time. There was a group meeting for trans guys and a group meeting for the people who are in a relationship with trans people. Oh. So then I could relate to those people. I can't, I can't relate to trans people just like if I was dating someone outside of my, um, 
what do you call it? Race. Right. You know, yeah, sure, I could learn about the race, but it's it's not going to be me. You mm -hmm. know, they they are dealing with it way more than me. Sure, and and how did you know you, you use the phrase like you know you fuck like you don't fuck like a woman fuck like, so what, what what what's that mean to you to like fuck like a woman or to fuck like a man i don't know man i don't know what i'm talking about and that's 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 one of the hard things so now you know we've been together turns out the only quote female that i was attracted to and had a relationship with for real for real is a dude so what does that make me you know what I mean? Like experimental, but heterosexual or um, then I started thinking, okay, but the women that I was with, it didn't feel right. But there were a lot of guys that I was with that didn't feel right either. But because of the whole heteronormative thing, I would be like, oh, that's a bad night of sex. But when I had a also, bad- Also, us, us cis guys do suck pretty hard. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to tell you that that's so true. It's okay. Yeah. I apologize on yeah. behalf of the Federation. Mm -hmm. it's Thank you for that. And it it sucks because I'm way into having sex with guys, but it, a lot of times it's disappointing. So when it was disappointing with women, I think because of what we learned and it just seeped in, you know, I'm not, we're not homophobic, but we are, we always are. Right. So it was it, when I had a not good relation, a not good hookup with a woman, I would dismiss the entire sex. It's all the women then. I'm like, not, oh, maybe I'm not into this, yeah. you know? So I don't know. So this, this is slowly starting to feel like, yeah, Billy, like try sucking a dick. If that wasn't good, you got to suck at least a hundred to know if you're into yeah. this. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, this feels like a trap. <laughs> right. But the, the inclination to suck a dick has to mean something, right? I don't know. Sure. I don't know because I feel like we are so much more brainwashed wash than we actually know mm. like you might actually suck a dick even though you're like zero gay yeah. just because if there was no stigma on it i swear to god they all taste the same i don't know how to tell you that i, I swear to god <laughs> i i do believe that I, I do believe like more dudes would be sucking the occasional cock if there wasn't stigma attached to like well you sucked a dick and now you're gay yeah period end of story why did you even go there you know all that shit i was in a gangbang once which is how most of my stories start um <laughs> i was in a gangbang with this couple um like I introduced to through what like, constitutes a gangbang that everybody could fuck everybody? No, no, no. A like one. Um, I'll say receiver because uh, guys can get gangbang, pussy average can get gangbang, penis average. Anyone can get gangbang. So we're gonna say the receiver. There's a there's what is fairly uh, agreed upon as one. a receiver receiving lots of penetration. Okay. Because you know some women can strap one on and join in on the gangbang, right? Okay. Uh, so there's this couple, and he identifies completely as straight you would never think he's anything but straight she's really into dudes blowing each other like she's really into male male play mm. so he's not interested in men but during the gangbang i watched him he like he grabbed this one dude's dick one guy who had already identified himself as being bi and so he had grabbed the dick and he said hey honey hey honey and once he had her attention <laughs> he lit i shit you know, he put the dick in his mouth in the most performative almost like corny like <laughs> Uh, like almost miming it. <laughs> no, yeah, but like he like straight up like just bobbed his head on his dick for like, I don't know, like 20, 30 seconds. Really just like, and he's just because it's performative for his wife, which we never think about that swap because what is it always? Women hooking up with women in front of men right. for men. He's sucking a dick for her. And I was like, that dude loves his wife. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've done that for sure. And I think that's why women are more confused because it's like, well, it was hot when I was with a woman, but I 
but it was because there was another guy in the room, but it was hot anyway. And I did do it. And it's like, well, we're allowed to do that. And we're allowed to, and, and it's extra hot when we do it. So I almost feel bad for guys. Well, cause yeah, then there's a the whole mind fuck of like, and that's why, um, you know, when, when people ask me about like, if I would, you know, male prostitution, I say like, I would charge more to receive, I'm sorry, I, I would charge more to fuck a dude or to get blown by a dude because, you know, if I was getting fucked or, you know, blowing someone, I can just like do whatever I have to do in my head and be like, I'm just doing a job. But the other one, it's like, I have to achieve an erection and then come and then I have to deal with the aftermath afterwards because I have to be like, eh, am I, am I? Am I am I queer now? Am I not? What was that for? You know, it's like yeah. So I'm hoping that you know, with with the new generation calling themselves, you know, by uh, non-binary pronouns and kind of getting rid of that, I'm hoping that we give people more permission to do that stuff and really find out what sexuality is because mm-hmm. I don't think we know. And in fact, I actually think gay people know more than straight people. Definitely, because they had to opt in so fucking hard that they they already did the math. They've already know? done the fake fucking. They've fucked. <laughs> no, but like yeah, they've like they've fucked the woman just to be you know they've not had, always but they've yeah. had they've had the three kids with the beard to you know for for presentation even though like they're imagining somebody else. Well, they certainly have more opportunity to choose that because it's, it gets chosen for them. Mm-hmm. So in order for them to really come out of the closet, they did a bunch of math in their head. They had to go through our stupid fucking filter and get to, yeah, you know what? I thought about it. I, I was presented with it. I mm-hmm. might've even tried it, but no. If anything, they, uh, like, you know, gay people have proven that you can do an act. That's not how you identify. And mm-hmm. it doesn't change who you are. Right. 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 The, yeah. the gay guy who had, who's, who has a beard and has three kids. So he definitely had sex with this right. woman, multiple occasions. And that doesn't change the fact that he's super gay. Right. Right. And when he, you know, so he I just like, found the energy to be able to fake it that hard. So dude, you can go suck a dick and you're not gay unless you liked it. And then maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit gay. See, but like the act of blowing someone, that's so fun. You know what I mean? Is it? So, yeah, I mean, I can understand there's a why. There's a lot of women who, are fight, who fight against doing that. Because it's a lot of work. A lot of work? Okay. Sure. But it's, you know, but I think, you know, vaginas are more work than dicks. But aren't you excited to do that? I'm so, if it's a, a pleasant situation down That's there, a, I'm yeah. so excited about it. Yeah. So it's a lot of work. And I think, I think women would maybe like blowjobs more if guys were more careful about making sure that they're taken care of. I think that people don't mind doing the work if they know that the reward is coming for them also. But it's a lot of one-sidedness with guys, especially because they think that the penis is the end all, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I'm done, this all like leads to come coming out of my dick, right? That's how this right. ends. Yeah. It's why like I make a point to like when I come Unless it seems like we're at a natural conclusion, I try to continue it. Like I start fingering, or I start going down. I like I I want to make a point that like just because I came doesn't mean this entire yeah. sex session is done until I'm hard again. Um, yeah, it's funny because a lot of straight guys will say, "How do you know when you're done having sex?" And I'm like, "Wow, I really don't want to sleep with you because you know when you come that the entirety of sex is over. But if I sleep with someone else who knows." When sex is done, when everybody's done, whoever that everybody is, both partners, three partners, whatever, then I'm into sleeping with you. But that's such a that's such a sign now Mm -hmm. that I'm that I know about stuff that if you go, well, how do you know 
how do you know when sex is done if you know there's not a dick? I'm like, okay, I see the kind of sex that you're having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're done when you're done. That's interesting. That's not great, fun. great for me. <laughs> so, so what did that when when you're when you're is, is, are y'all still husband and wife? We separated three I, three months ago. Right, I, but but still technically, so I I should yeah. I should refer to him as a husband, right? Or no, it's how, my how ex. You, you want to say okay? I think I think it's paperwork, and you know, to me, paperwork is just whatever That's but fine. but we are i we're broken up yeah yeah so it's over so so when your ex came out as trans like what did that do for how you felt about your orientation and desire and sexuality to me it made sense to me i was like oh so that more solidified it yeah to me i was like right because i'm straight and now this makes sense it feels straight i felt straight in the relationship mm-hmm. now that we're broken up i'm like what am i now you know yeah. i I have to. So, so it was. There was more clarity from that, and then before and after the relationship, it's actually more confusing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, for me, um, so my most recent ex is genderqueer and uses they them pronouns. And when they came out to me as that, that because when I met them, they identified as a as a bi chick, and you know, it wasn't like a, a whole big. Oh, what am I going to do? But there's definitely more confusion than had happened five minutes before the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I knew that, you know, they had some like male energy and I was like, fine. Like I would be like, oh, you know, sometimes I'd say things like, oh, I see your boyness and your girlness or whatever I had said. But like there was definitely some confusion and I had and there was a conversation about like, okay, these are the pronouns I would like. And then I I was like, do I still refer to your pussy as a pussy? And mm, then that's a good question. Yeah, all we we had all those, but then there were the things about like, because my my sexuality matters too, and so I I had you know we had some conversations about like how do I address you? Like I don't like using the phrase partner, really don't. Mm. Just irks me, makes me uncomfortable. I also, the concept of a girlfriend is something that's been built up so much for me, especially with my personal history, right? That I was like. I, I I'd like to still be I the one I think the one request and I may I may be rewriting history by forgetting something but I really think mm-hmm. that my main request was I wanted to still refer to them as a girlfriend mm-hmm. and that everything and but I'm still use, use the pronouns and if someone's like what do you mean they I'm gonna tell them like I am not gonna hide who you are but that's you know that was the one thing for me that's um, a tough one to request after somebody asks for gender neutral pronouns so yeah. what they respond with. Uh, they, they acquiesced. Like that was, the, I mean, I, like I said, I think that was the one thing I asked for and that I do so much affirmate, like, uh, affirming of them and seeing them and really basically everything else that I was like, this is the one thing I need for my sexuality, um, is to still see myself as like, that just is going to make me a lot more comfortable. Well, I think I understand this. that. See if this is a comparison. Cause I'm sure. not sure. So once we, you know, he was identified and and came out and all that stuff. What was, I'm not going to say hard, but what was tricky is I'm saying husband and I'm having a queer experience. Right. As far as the world is concerned, when we're out, we have to deal with queerness. We have to deal with people saying like, hey, ladies, come over here. Especially or, in the early stages of the relationship before he looked the way you know, well, he does now. Yeah, he presented female as far as our society is concerned. So... I was in a queer relationship saying husband as a female. Mm -hmm. And so I felt a little outside of the queer community while needing to deal with a lot of the stuff that they were dealing with. So that was painful for me because I think it helps to 
be inside of that. And I don't, uh, so there, there are places where I'll be where I can see that the queers are, you know, kind of going like nodding to each other and I'm outside of that. Uh. You know what I mean? And so it's now that we're broken up, this is maybe strange for some people, but it has been very helpful for me to talk to a couple of lesbians who like fully identify as lesbians, happen to make friends with them. And I started asking them, um, here, here's what I'm feeling. I don't want to mess with women. I know what people think about pansexual or bisexual or whatever, but I find myself attracted to women. I'm not sure if that'll be over as soon as I start kissing them. So I don't know if I'm going to be like intruding or messing with people. I can't tell what I am. Mm -hmm. And they were so gentle with me that I felt so good. And I felt, I felt like, oh, at least I can talk about it. You know, they, they basically just said, your sexuality is your sexuality. Here's what I tried. You know, here's the connection that I made. And it was so helpful that, you know, even if I never, you know, do anything queer again, it was, it was just like, oh, I can be me. I don't know why, you know, I, I, I fully give myself permission on a daily basis to be me without societal influence. But there's a but difference between giving yourself permission and having others really you, it sounds like you need somebody to, like queer to like give you like almost that permission yeah like can i be in your club validation yeah. yeah or am i just trying to appropriate your culture somehow or your subculture but but i feel like i want to be in a little bit can i be in a little bit yeah. you know what i mean yeah. yeah can i can i just can i all go can i can i go to cubby hole is that okay yeah, yeah like am i a poser am i just trying to you know or am i heartbroken and just want to put sexuality on everything so maybe that's why Whoa. this this feeling is amped and that's why I t I'm taking a year off sex because I that, can't that's tell. That's still what the celibacy is? Like a, there's yeah. a definitive, yeah. like a year? Yes. And not only not only no sex, I don't want to flirt with anyone. I don't wow. want to put out there. I want to know why I feel sexually towards people because sometimes I think it's just part of my manic state. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very quick validation. Oh, you're attracted to me. I did that to you. You know what I mean? I could oh, I totally. Know yeah. So I want to stop myself from doing that to see who I'm attracted to and why, and to like be with myself for a minute, mm -hmm. which has been okay. The hard part is not getting the validation. The hard part is not even knowing if I'm hot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not even knowing if it's been nine years. So monogamous or yeah, we've been monogamous for okay. nine years. So I don't even know if people are attracted to me. Right. Like I haven't been paying attention to that at all. I don't know if anyone would hit on me and I can't it's get like the validation. No one else has hit on me since like Obama won. Yeah, so right. it's like, yeah. I don't, I remember the, uh, the party <laughs> and then that was the last time. Yeah. That's wild. I, I, I'm such a flirt. I love it. It's, it's so um, fun. It's, it's, but it's like, it, it gets complicated. Like mm -hmm. during, when I did your, uh, Keith and the girl we recorded before this, um, you know, y'all had asked like how I would turn down like a listener who maybe was into me. And it's like, that's, that's kind of why I've had to like look at my boundaries and how I interact with my fans because my first, you know, few years or a couple years of the show, I was like, yeah, flirty, flirty, flirty. Cause mm -hmm. one, I was like, oh, this show, you know, I don't know what the show is going to become. And, but the other part it's was... It's an easy way to be charismatic if you think about it. You just put sex on it and then you yeah. kind of have like a way, you know, like, ah. <laughs> but I'm also very good at just, like, my thumbs are very, very good at the flirting. Are you talking dirty to me right now? <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's like, so it's like I flirted with people on the internet and then I never thought, oh, I'm not going to meet these people. Mm -hmm. And now I'm starting to meet these listeners in person and it becomes a very different thing. Yeah. Um, when you're like flirty on like, 
you know, whether it's like kick or Instagram or whatever, or emails. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this person now thinks that we're going to fuck when we're in person. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's one of the things that, you know, as I'm talking about my sexuality to people, one of the women were like, hey, you know, you could just want to kiss someone. I was like, wow, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. I always think that kissing leads to sex. Maybe I do just want to kiss this woman. Like, maybe I just want to flirt with her. So, And that's okay. Yeah, I didn't even, ah, it's so crazy that it didn't occur to me. You're allowed to just make out with people. I I didn't even, it would just, wow. I'm like, my mind is blown. This is why I want to be celibate for a year Mm. so I can put all the options on the table, take a look at them with a reasonable brain and go, oh. Maybe I like flirting when I feel safe that, you know, I won't have to make out with you. Like you understand where I'm coming from. I really am just being your friend, but we happen to be friends that flirt. Yeah. I want to see if I can do that. Which, well, if they're, act, if they're actual friends, I'm sure that could definitely um, confuse things. Like they're, I feel like if it was someone I was actually friends with and not just like a flirt friend, I'd at some point need the explicit, sure, hey, yeah. like this is, by the way, the thing, like we're flirting and here's my intentions. Um. But when you, when you say what stood out was uh, like, oh, I want to be able to flirt with someone and know that I don't have to make out with them. Mm-hmm. Likewise, it's like it's nice to be able to make out with someone and know you don't have to take it further. Yeah. Or you can go home with someone and you don't have to go or you can blow someone. And it doesn't mean you have to fuck them. Right. And I think that part of the it's it sounds great. But what I especially find and maybe this is more of a male turning down women experience because maybe this doesn't replicate itself the other way around. But it's like. When you tell someone that like you only want to make like when you're making out with someone and they want more mm-hmm. and you tell them, oh, I, I really I want to make out with because there's people I want to make out with who I don't want to go down on. There's people I want to go mm-hmm. down on, but I don't want to fuck. Um, I like going down on a lot of people like that's just a fun activity. Mm. Um, but they, they take it as an insult that a lot of times people have taken it as an insult. They're like, wait, you don't want to fuck me because it's, it's as if it's like it's OK. Like if I said, oh, I don't want to fuck you tonight. That's OK. But mm-hmm. if it's like. I really like making out with you, but I don't know that I want to um, like fuck you. That gets taken as an affront. Like, wait, you don't want to fuck me? Yeah. And it becomes like a thing. Yeah. I have, as a female, I have felt that. Uh-huh. And like, I, I regret feeling that because we've been taught that if you put your sexuality on a guy who's half interested in you, he's going to want to fuck you. It's going to happen. Right. So when it doesn't happen, it kind of blows your mind. Like you obviously are attracted to me. Why don't you want to go? And so you rarely hear about that because you always hear about like, you know, men in that position. Apparently I'm supposed to want to fuck anyone who says yes. And I missed the memo. Well, <laughs> because to be frank, that's what it feels like around men. And mm. that's why I, I'm, it's more I feel more nervous being around them because even if I'm just friendly, they think I'm flirting. Even if I'm just, you know, it's like everything leads to sex with men. So when it doesn't, it's confusing. It's like, what is it about me? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm trying to like change the paradigm of like people having sex with each other. Sure. (sighs) Yeah. So you're on the front of that and that's what makes it hard. You know, like Mm. this is, this is new for men to express that kind of stuff. It's new for women. It's, it's new for us. And it's, it's, it's been creating these like boundaries that have existed that we just need to look at because it feels very black and white. Like, fuck you, you crossed the line. Fuck you, you did this. And it's just like, hold on. Why are we doing this to each other? What in my brain makes me feel like you need to have sex with me right now? And now you 
now it seems like you're now uh, you realize like the options are out there for you can just make out with someone, you could just finger someone, you could just flirt with someone. Well, and, we'll see well, because yeah. have I you well, know not, not in yet, practice, but like it's going to be hard. It, but it sounds it seems like you now know that these are yeah, out there. And, weird, and right? In uh, in nine months, you'll get to find out. I don't know how you're doing a year without sex. I can't do. I've done five days without carbs, and I'm dying. I know. So I don't. I've never done this. This is the longest time I've been without sex. Ever since I started having sex. Which was I've how been having sex. 18? 18, and you've just been having... Yeah. What was I mean, like the longest dry spell? Nothing. There was nothing. No, there was no dry spell. No, one <laughs> time... about dry spell? I don't know. Maybe a week, but I, you know... <laughs> well, maybe a week. Oh, my gosh. I think the longest I went was a month, and that was this year. And then that... Yeah, but that d- drove me stir crazy. But I also, you know, I was in a serial monogamy, sure, sure. you know, and then when I'm not monogamous, I usually date like two or three people because... Uh, I just feel like I like the different personalities until one clicks in a way mm. where it's like, oh, this is going to fulfill me if we stop seeing other people. But I think, and this is, I don't want to declare anything because mm. I'm only three months outside of a very long relationship that I was very brokenhearted yes. about. I would love to never be monogamous again, but I don't want to say that because I'm in a state right now. Yeah. But ideally, what sounds really super fucking good to me is dating three people generally, maybe one's out of town. Mm -hmm. Maybe one's like, you know, in the same borough. Maybe one is like just far away. Well, you need one in the same borough. It is rough. (laughs) Even Upper West Side to Brooklyn, Jesus, is that rough. Yeah, like I would like, I would love it if I could be friends with people. And you know, there there are friends who you smoke weed with. Mm -hmm. There are friends who you go to the movies with. Friends you brunch with. And there's friends you fuck. Honestly, (laughs) that's what I want. I want to have like... You know, maybe a person who I do, you know, and I don't, I never go to the movies, but let's call it like I go to the movies sure. with them. And also we happen to have this connection of fucking, there are people who I only have intellectual conversations with. There are people who I only have silly, stupid conversations mm-hmm. with. If there's also sex there, I don't want to put sex on it. I want us to have that, but also be able to talk about things. I also want to be able to talk with with people about my other partners like their friends. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing to be concerned with. It's like I'm taught, oh, I hung out with so-and-so. Like don't worry if our, you know, genitalia sure. were exposed to each other. This is a person who loves me, not in love with me, not marries me, just the way I love you, you yeah. know? Like we have love for each other. I don't feel a sexual vibe, you know? <sighs> but if <laughs> but if I did- I feel affronted. Wouldn't it be lovely if we can do this and then like afterwards, hey, you want to fuck also? And it's like, oh man, I have this show. So I can't. All right. Yeah. Next time, you know? Yeah. Those people are great. Uh, yeah. They exist. They're awesome. Uh, I have people like that. I've had people like that. Those are sure. wonderful relationships to have. But it's still a relationship yeah. that you have to maintain and, you know, just like friendship. Yeah, friendship well, yeah. takes a lot. Absolutely. Um, so the the sex with, with your ex was apparently off the chain. Ugh, um, best. <laughs> is that do are you worried that might set a new bar that's some yes. have you you haven't done anything with anyone since the breakup right nothing nothing so you know nine months from now once you start yeah easing back in is, yeah. is that like maybe a concern it's uh it's it's not a concern it's a thought and i'm happy about it mm-hmm. i think that should be the bar you know i think all he did was pay attention you know, all we did was pay attention. There wasn't this, like a move. It's not tricks. I mean, he he definitely 
you know, studied it in his own way because he likes sex and he he likes to please and he he understands how a female body works. She's making a fist, by the way, as she <laughs> says all this. I'm like, I think I know what happened. <laughs> I never got fisted. Actually. No, 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 <laughs> no. I uh, to be completely open, I just that's gonna take a minute. I'm so fucking tight. <laughs> tight. Yeah, that's okay to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, like mm, fisting would be way far. Like. Three right. fingers is. Mm, oh, let's. Well, <laughs> but once you get the three fingers, I mean, I feel like once anytime I've gotten the three fingers, I feel like fisting is around the corner. At least in my experience, like I normally, I don't expect to fist anybody. I've never yeah. gone to someone and be like, "Hey, so like we're gonna do fisting tonight, right?" Yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Never has happened. Every fisting I've done has been totally by surprise. That's the same with me and butt stuff. So I imagine yeah. sure, like I'm not closed up. Who's to- butt? My butt. Your butt. Well, their butt too. Okay. And it's just, to me, it's like that. It's like butt stuff happens where it's like, what else can we do? Like we're so satiating and satisfying each other that like, you know, oh shit, there's a finger in my butt. Like there's just part of it, you know, and definitely consensual, of course, but. Butt stuff I actually prefer to semi have that uh, inclination or understanding or some hint of it because I like to prep or like no i don't know i want to eat half decent for six hours i did you know i did for the first time ever last week during that stranger play scene i told you all Mm -hmm. about uh i douched enemad whatever Uh i'd never done that i do i i I bought i was freaking out because she really wanted to do butt stuff and i was like i really want to be emptied out for her Mm -hmm. and because she might lick it because she said she might lick it Mm. and that's always the ultimate never done that oh it is just either way it is uh Amazing. I can't uh, even imagine that it's that good. It feels wow. the balls. Uh, wow. It's great. I almost, uh, it's, you know, like blowjobs are great, but uh, I've gotten some rim, wow. some rim jobs I've gotten have been better than some blowjobs I've gotten. Shut up. Blowjobs are still ranking, but some have, you know, it's like when they talk about like, hey, could the best college team beat the worst NFL team? It's a little like that <laughs> where there's some overlap. Uh so I went and like I was freaking out because I didn't know I didn't have because they sell real enema things that you should use for anal sex. Like okay. you go to Anatomy Eve, you go to beyourlover.com, you use the promo code Manhor, right? There you go. And and you should. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, as I'm recording this now, I'm like, I don't have my sheet in front of me to say who the sponsor was for <laughs> this week. Um, and but they have actual ones for that. But then some of us have to do it uh, improvised. And like I just went to the dollar store and I found a turkey baster, bought it. <gasps> And then I just went and With I a turkey baster. Yeah. And I Googled like, oh, how do I do this? And I just spent like a good 20 minutes just sticking this thing in my ass, squeezing a bulb, sitting down, shitting out, like basically pissing water out my ass. Wow. Until I, it seemed like I was emptied. Question. Why didn't you buy an enema? I just, you know, I am so, I'm never a good preparer. I see. Okay. I'm not also very poor. If anyone wants to buy me an enema bulb, like I'll happily take it. I have a couple of extra ones in the house. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so actually, like, I don't like throwing butts, like severe butt stuff in willy nilly. Because I, I get that. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of you, and and I, I'm sure people appreciate it. I, I'm like, hey, you went for it, so you got to understand what's happening. And I've, I've gone for it, also understanding what's happening. I like a good finger condom. Finger you condom. Know, that okay. well, we were once, once. We had with me and my husband. We had uh, butt stuff, uh, 
at a, a sex party. So there okay. were fin- finger condoms okay, I forgot y'all go to, yeah. y'all have been to sex parties? Just a couple times. A couple times? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we, we weren't with anybody else. Sure. We had rules to just be yeah. with each other. But it was really nice. That, that experience is lovely because it was, it was a very bonding and also we're very highly sexually charged. And mm-hmm. this was a great way to, to amp it up without including stuff that would make us feel uncomfortable. It's just fun to imagine like you being like, so as you described, like highly sexually charged because I've never seen you very active. I've never like, we've never played kickball, you know? <laughs> so I'm just like, ah, oh, like it's not, it seems like all the energy just comes out in the bedroom. Cause like nor, most time we, we are together, that's like funny. you're sitting. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's really funny because, um, outside of this, I bike to work every day. I'm, oh, I'm okay. very energetic. I'm always up, you know, late, wake up early. I, I've been, Oh, pfft. In high school, I was called the Energizer Bunny. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'm just I dance for unfair. hours when I go to clubs. I would like wait until the club shut down. So just dancing until it's done. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what was uh, what was important about the experience uh, of I guess fucking in public? Uh, I like being watched. Okay. I really like that. I like the energy of other people having sex around me. I like that that everyone's there for sex. That the sex is amped. The energy was close. And uh, we weren't comfortable being with other people. No, 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 so, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it was really nice. We The first time we went, we were like, hey, if we at all, because it's, you know, it costs money to get in mm. and we're not rich, but we had to dismiss the money. Like, no matter what we're paying here, if five seconds into this, either one of us feels uncomfortable, but the other one still wants to stay, we're leaving. And no one's going to feel bad. And, and that and that was great. You have to have that. You have to, if you're going as a couple, you have to have that we can leave yeah. whenever you want and we're not going to be pissy. Yeah. And it's one thing to say that, but you also have to act on it. And I've had to, I've been asked like, I think I asked once, hey, can we leave early? And I've been asked, like, hey, I'd really like to go. Yeah. And you have to genuinely be okay with that because... Get over it really quick because that's not fair to this other person. Yeah, because yeah. you you built up a promise and said it's going to be safe to say I want to mm-hmm. go. And then if you're not, like, how that that's a trust issue. Yeah, that's... Whew, that so would make me really uncomfortable. I'm glad to hear that y'all, like, had, like, a talk before about yeah. the expectations and rules and whatnot. Yeah, and just, I don't, you know, to me also, if we're just going to be with each other i think we had a rule of like don't even mess with someone else you know we're really just here to be watched like don't be flirting with somebody mm-hmm. don't engage you know because that's going to make us feel unsafe just just how we felt about it sure yeah wow it's really nice yeah i mean look I've, I've for as long as i've known you you've been in this relationship yeah uh, so you know it's it's just a new i mean jesus a new decade yeah um, i know it's weird before this you know i was i was never on apps i never dated internet lee well you and you your know? co-host keith uh you know the both of y'all like what are you know have been having to readjust to like this whole yeah. internet thing because like he got divorced was that was like last year yeah years? yeah so it's it's just yeah and he was on apps and and i i like to live vicariously i would i always uh so my friends even while i was married uh-huh. they're like you want to swipe for me i was like yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> if you want to live vicar have a you know live someone's sex life vicariously like you look i am probably one of the top candidates to live through <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what i mean so like okay it sounds like there was good communication the sex is off the chain mm. you shared Probably one of the more intimate moments of his life in the coming out and yeah. the realization and seeing him. This is big. I mean, I'm still like, as you're talking, I can start crying because it's, it was a lot and it still is a lot. 
I'm still processing. I mean, what, what, hap- what? Ha- he became unreliable to me, and that made me feel not safe to be in a relationship. There's, you know, we were very intimate, so it's like I count on you for this, that, and the next, and the promises weren't um, filled to a place where it's just it was detrimental to my living. But we're not talking about like, you know, doing the dishes. We're, t- you know, no, we're not. But we're talking about. Uh, just a, a level of, I can't rely on you. I can't rely on you to use money like you said you would. I can't rely on you to communicate with people like you said you would. I can't rely on you to, it's just, you know, you're making promises and you're not following through. And um, it's it's not for a month or two, it's for a long time now. And so we were trying to work through that, you know, and it's like, okay, let's, implement this in place. You know, if you feel like you're slipping, call this person or um, go to this meeting or, you know, figure it out, but this is going to break us up. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't happen. It didn't sounds like it, it did. Well, the reliability didn't come through. So yeah. Well, I meant that it did break you all up. It did. Yeah. And and you pulled the plug? Yeah, I did. Yeah. What was, What's the threshold? Because I think Many people have been there. I've been there with both my exes. I famously break up. I mean, not famously. Who am I? But I, I mean, I break up in threes. I, my, both my two exes, you know, we broke up three times before it mm. stuck. Uh, I also came from a household where my parents split up five times before they actually got mm. divorced. So That's I, funny because his father married the same person three times and got divorced three times. <laughs> that's so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. separate. Just don't <laughs> sign the thing. Um, but what's, you know, I think a lot, you have the, there's the hope that it's going to work yeah. out. I think that's the thing that keeps us in relationships longer than we're supposed to. I think a lot, so many people, we stay in relationships longer than we should because there's the hope. Yeah, I mean, by the time you break change, up, is, yeah. yeah, by the time you break up, you've been in something for a long time, especially with a long-term relationship. So, what was the threshold at which you were like, okay, now this is going to? What was the last like, but what if, or maybe he will, or just one more month? When when did that stop? Mm. Well, <sighs> not like in terms of a, a date, but like what's the threshold for you that it wasn't stopping? It just wasn't. And I, the whole time, I was like, hey, this is really painful for me, and I'm having trouble getting over it. And these landmines of non truths because I can't rely on you, you're lying now. Mm. So every time I catch you in a lie, my heart breaks and I, I'm starting to not be able to mend it all the way. So just so you know, one more time of these, and I don't know which one it will be because I, I won't have, and I was very straightforward in this, I will not have the capability at some point to mend my heart back up. So you're on thin ice just because I am. I, I won't be able to and I want to. So right now I'm I'm wanting to and it's becoming harder and harder. So if if this happens again, I can't tell you it's the last one because I keep threatening that. But at some point, it will be the last one and I won't be able to stop myself. I'm going to have to leave. Mm-hmm. And but, I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, kudos to you for finally doing that because that's the hard thing to do. It really was. Yeah. I, it still is hard. There's still times where I just want to call him. Yeah. I get. I still, I mean, like I come home sometimes and I miss coming home. Uh, my, my, my XP, who I was with for like two years, the... Uh, I there were periods of time she would just basically live with me for a couple of weeks at a time when she moved out of New York and she would come back to visit, but she just 
stay with me for like a week or two before going back home. And I, and this has actually been hitting me a lot this particular year. I come home and I miss coming home to someone. Mm. I miss that so much. It's not even just like, oh, I'm feeling lonely. It's like I miss coming home and someone has like surprised clean my room <laughs> and then, and is, is greets me with a smile and wants to see me. Well, I thought of that. I thought, do I just miss being partnered up? And I, I really don't. I really like being single. I really mm. like not having someone there, <laughs> it's, oh. it, which is very mm. interesting. And, but I, I miss him when I miss it. Mm. I miss him very, very specifically. Like sometimes I'm riding home and I'm like, oh, it'd be so good if I just go meet me at home. We'll smoke a blunt when we get there. Really easy conversation, mm. just comfortable. You know, I know him and. I know everything that's happening and I just can't do it because it at this point I'm addicted and I have to not do it. I have to actively not do it because I I have to believe in my decision because I really do it in my right mind. So I I implement other things and other people that I can call so that I can block myself from it so that I can you know when you um when you have an addiction, there's that moment where I can stick this needle in right now. I could put this thing in my mouth. I can, I can eat the pizza without thinking. I can, I can do it. And if you just have that one moment and maybe have a piece of fruit or that one moment and maybe, you know, have a cigarette instead of heroin, whatever it is, I've been working on implementing that, just putting that space between the bad decision to get back into a loop that was not working. You know, it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. I I mean, you, have you had any contact since the yeah. Uh, yeah yeah because you know logistically you can't break up you well, know <laughs> logistics are the worst part about breakups because yeah. they don't allow you to like, yeah, just yeah. sever the time it's like okay we're done but like also we have a lot of paperwork to do <laughs> right. um or like my you know my ex like dropped off a bag of my stuff you know once uh, stuff like that and yeah and there's there's hard lines <laughs> that I don't want to put because I know how hard it is to live in New York we both had to. You know, yeah, we're living together. So it's a, like, <laughs> yeah, there's a partnership in this. There's there's a division of labor. Even there's, I was Cause, worried because he has a, he had a show on your network on the podcast, sure. stuff like that. Yeah, but there's also like, it used to be two people cleaning the house, even stuff like that. I was afraid that the house would just go into a mess. There used to be two people paying rent. There used to be two people having fun. So it's hard, and also like. Now we have to figure out, you know, he's moving. He still has most of his shit at my place that was our place. Mm -hmm. And I'm being gentle on that because I know how hard it is to find space for it and that I did get left with the apartment. So uh, I'm I'm working at not worrying about, you know, pulling the entire Band-Aid. I'm kind of stepping down, you know, like uh, you moved out. That's one thing. And we're still on the same insurance and... Uh, he's still my pot dealer. <laughs> Seriously? I know, I know. Kamda. <laughs> well, he gives it to it's me New for New York City. Wait, oh, seriously, is that the... <laughs> it's the free part, Is that yeah. the alimony? Is that the weed alimony? Basically, yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, he's being a good boy does, now, does which is another deliver, hard thing. Does he deliver it to you, or does he, like, give it to somebody else to... Like, is there an in-between or like, are you no, still physically... He, he gives it to me or he leaves it for me. And I know that it's, you know, some part of this is going to have to end or... But I'm... Yeah, that's, There's so many changes right now. I'm being as gentle as possible with yeah. myself and with him and, and more thinking of myself because we have to be working on ourselves in order to to 
to see each other in order to do logistics. We had to do our taxes together. We have to fill out, you know, insurance together. We'll have to do that again one more time next year too. It's hard. So, yeah, exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. all right, just when you think like, oh, I'm over it. Oh, no, we have to meet mm-hmm. up with the, with the guy. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, gosh. Yeah. See, at least like when it's not like a marriage, like, uh, or if it's not like a, um, just a, a partnership where, you know, it's when there's no paperwork, yeah. then it's just about willpower. Of, of just not texting. Yeah. I mean, but when Keith and I broke up, that was rough too because we had our, our podcast, which was our baby. So we yeah. were forced to continue talking to each other. We might have just lost touch. Time for the fan whore appreciation moment. Okay. This is the part of the show where I like to give a little bit of gratitude to some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, well, it's the reason Billy doesn't have a day job. It's a uh, website where you can get a membership to my fan whore community, and that gives you access to exclusive bonus episodes and private listener discussion groups and oh so much more. And another one of those is a shout out on the show. So thank you so much to Michael Deer, who looks like a happy father of like a lot of children. Um, Dear Lord, this dude is clearly fucking Good for you, man. And also, if the apocalypse ever hits, you already have your own built-in army. Smart thinking. Uh, shout out to Ariel Ross and Lior Levy. Mazel tov on your wedding. Even if your wedding was, you know, the same weekend as Manhorcon and, and that prevented you from coming to New York. I'm not saying you made the wrong decision. I'm just saying you missed out on a cool weekend. But congratulations, you two sexy peoples. And a big thank you to Justin Dale, who kind of looks like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes all grown up. We like him. He seems fun. And you, too, can become an official fan whore for as little as $1 per month. Get access to all sorts of wonderful rewards. And you're helping sustain this very podcast. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash podcast. Membership starts at just a buck a month. You know, on Instagram, I had asked, uh, I was like, hey, you know, what's preventing you from getting a fan whore membership? And one woman was like, well, Billy, because I don't want to support you. Um, What do you call anytime you've paid for any sort of entertainment? Guess what? That supports the artist. And I hope you support this slutty artist yourself. Again, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. I'm going to go back to uh, chatting with members in the champagne room, and you can go back to listening to me wrap things up with Chemda. We talked about that a couple years ago when I had Keith on, but yeah, so like you guys broke up on, I mean, like your all situation is wild oh, to me. Because, so basically, uh, the the cliff notes, and correct me if I'm wrong, is... <laughs> Keith and Chemda, uh, used to, you started the show as a couple. Yep. Uh, started this podcast before there were podcasts. Podcast Pioneers, no big deal. <laughs> in the Podcast Hall of Fame. Uh, and Thank then, you. <laughs> yeah, then y'all got, uh, got paid to write a book on relationships. Well, we, we had already um, got that contract. We were pretty much done with the book, but there was so much. Our, our book agent, our, our book editor was delaying everything. Okay. And so we were done, and this guy, I swear he was on crack or something. We had to call him out like you're fucking up. And so it just delayed everything. But like you wrote the book as a couple or you got yeah. you got the initial deal as a couple. Then you broke up in real life. Mm-hmm. But the 
terms of your contract with uh, with the book said you couldn't break up until after a certain period of time. Yeah. And that's why the book delayed coming out was like, so oh, my God. It's like, come on. And then yeah. you had to come out to your listeners to be like, we actually broke up forever ago. We're so sorry for lying. Which, honestly, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it because I needed to get over this and I needed to keep working and I needed to do it. And I couldn't deal with mass emotions coming my way about how people felt about my breakup. So actually, us being in the closet about our breakup was partially very difficult because you're lying constantly. Yeah. But partially, it was it gave me and him and us time to collect ourselves. Yeah. And also... People were worried that if we broke up, the show wouldn't be the same. Now we have proof that it's been the same. It's still funny. Mm-hmm. We're still doing it. It's fine. You yeah. know? That's great. So it had some positives and negatives. And when you came out about the, um, the, you know, the separation um, with, with your husband or with your ex, um, what was the response like from your fans? Because I know that when I had my both my breakups or really any heartbreak, any sort of sad thing, I, me crying about 13 Reasons Why, the outpouring from and I have my you know listenership is uh, minuscule compared to y'all's, but it's like the outpouring of love from it's these so fucking good. strangers. Yeah, you weird fucks, you people, <laughs> is amazing. I get. I you, stop thinking about them as strangers uh, because yeah. I see them online and they mm-hmm. they connect and you know some of these people it's not their first time and it's there's a reason why. They were heartbreak. So they, they came out with truth. They were just like, oh, we thought we heard something, you know, and you did say that you were having some trouble. Some people were shocked. Some people were heartbroken themselves. Some people just sent me love. And yeah. all of this is so cliche, but I just, I, I love it. I love it because I feel like in podcasting, it's not just you're a listener from afar. You know me. You know me more than my parents ever did. You, I, I express myself to you. This is how I am in real life. So when you express something to me in response to my life, that's awesome. I'm I, very lucky. Very, very lucky. We are. We all are. It's yeah. Uh, yeah it's do just, it for each other. Also, like yeah. if you're reaching out to me during my heartbreak, reach out to someone else that's like in your life, maybe you know, close to you or who doesn't have like, you know, hundreds of people hitting you up uh, for it. They, they might need the extra help. Yeah. Make sure you're doing that to everybody because it feels really good. You you just feel seen. You just feel like I'm not alone. I never will be alone and and nobody has to be alone. Mm -hmm. So there's no need for it. So it helps me out in my life. Like I'm making new friends and, you know, as an adult, it's weird to make friends and it's been it's been really great and heartbreaking and good. Well, I'm excited to see what, you know, mm-hmm. this this journey in the celibacy, which I <laughs> I feel questionably about. Um, but you get why, right? I get why. It's, yeah. you know, it's just me, <laughs> the, the big old perv. Um, but, you know, it's... I, I'm really glad we got to, you know... Me too. This talk. This is, um, this is really good. It was fun. Yeah. Shanda, yeah. where can people uh go to listen to you to then love you and send you <laughs> love and, and warm vibes please love me at keithandthegirl.com um keith and the girl is everywhere podcast is so wherever you're listening to this show if you can search for keith and the girl and subscribe to our podcast or you know give us give our show a listen billy was just on so uh, as start of, with his <laughs> as of this one coming out uh my episode is yesterday i believe so i should be 
right on in there. And you have a link, keithandthegirl.com slash Billy Procedo will take you to your episodes. Mm -hmm. I've been on uh, many a time. (laughs) It's always a blast, always fun, and sometimes gets me in trouble with my ex. Um, (laughs) You're an incredible sport because I don't hold back with you at all. And I, you know, I'm, I'm also like, pretty fucked up on you. I'm not gentle at all. No, they're not. No. Guys, not it's very rough. <laughs> and Keith's, Keith's even worse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just, hey, let's get to the heart of it. Don't be embarrassed. This isn't us trying to embarrass mm-hmm. you. It's us just kind of going yeah. like, we're all freaks. How are you a freak? You know, yeah. our our show is less gentle on, you know, the freak aspect. But, you know, I love you. Yeah, I love you guys too. You guys make me feel apart, and uh, it's it's wonderful. By the way, everyone, you have to hand it uh, you, the credit for this podcast existing goes to to Keith and Hemda. You're so sweet. They wrote a great podcasting guide uh, that I used. Uh, that I got for free for as press. Um, <laughs> and, and honestly, I don't know that this show happens without that help and me like sometimes hitting y'all up. Manhorcon, by the way, 100% inspired by you guys have a KTG week. Like there's a lot that I borrow from them. So, um, you know, definitely go check out their show, Keith and the Girl. You Follow- do such a good job. I mean, it's it it makes me feel so good to to see your success and that you even related at all to what we did is is so I'm so proud of you. I know it sounds condescending, but you work really hard and and you deserve all the awesome stuff that's that's coming your way with this and it's it's been a really I saw, I see your journey. I see you change. I see what podcasting does to people and you are definitely there. It's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Dare I say <laughs> Chemda might be the godmother of the show. <laughs> dare i say i'm honored i dare say (laughs) thank you again so much uh and why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody i love you goodbye (laughs) can we have a hug oh yeah let me just save this Oh, it was so special and wonderful chatting with Chemda. Um, I want to thank her again for coming on and for being just so open and honest uh, and sharing that with us. Breaking up is a uh, breaking up sucks and is never easy and is certainly not easy when you've been with someone for as long you know as Chemda was with uh, was with her husband. Go check her out. Uh, when she's not crying on microphone, she is being hilarious over at Keith and the Girl. Great podcast, KETG.com. You can also follow Chemda on Twitter at Chemda. Uh, that's C-H-E-M-D-A. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheBillyPresida. Say hello. Use the hashtag Podcast. Let me know what you thought about this week's show. You can also go like the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. Uh, I appreciate the friend requests, but they would uh, be way more appropriately allocated uh, to the fan page where you just go ahead and click that like button. I share uh, articles, photos, thoughts, all all sorts of uh, interesting things over there. I've also now got Man Whore Podcast merch. Yes, that's right. We got merch. Go get yourself some man whore buttons, panties, t-shirts, whatever, over at gumroad.com slash man podcast. Now, there'll be a link in the show notes. Last but certainly not least, become a member of my fan whore community on Patreon. 
You can enjoy exclusive bonus episodes and access to secret sex-positive discussion groups when you pledge at least $1 at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. I want to I want to thank my patrons uh, and tell them that I appreciate you all for keeping the lights on. We have a good time together. Next week, uh, we have got on Sarah Constantine. She is a sex researcher who has been spending uh, quite a bit of time recently studying female fantasies. So she's on next week to uh, to tell us about her findings. I'm off to Cancun this weekend, baby. Oh yeah. Follow my uh, social media to, to find out more, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it when I get back. Until then, everybody, stay slutty. Thank you.